0: Rabbi Shimon said, In the hour when God was about to create Adam, the angels were divided into different groups. Some said he should be created. Some said he should not be created. Kindness said, Let him be created and he will do loving deeds. But Truth said, Let him not be created because he will be all deceit. Righteousness said, Let him be created because he will do righteous deeds. Peace said, Let him not be created because he will be all quarrelsome and discord. What did God do? He seized hold of truth and cast it to the earth. As it is said, you cast truth to the ground. Then the angels said to God, Why do you despise your angel of truth? Let truth rise out of the earth. As it is said, truth springs from the earth. The Kotzker Rebbe once asked his student, the Chedusha Harim, the verse in Psalms says, The truth grows from the ground. What seed could a person plant that the truth will grow? The Chedusha Arim answered, If you bury falsehood in the ground, then truth will grow in its place. The last couple years have been a religious crisis for me. I don't think I'm the only one. Let me try to explain what I mean. I have grown up an Orthodox Jew. I have been in the Orthodox community all my life. It is the community I pray with, identify with, and feel at home with. It is the community I have decided to serve by going into the rabbinate. But I feel abandoned by that community, and I don't think I am alone. Why do I feel abandoned? I have watched with horror as the community I love, whose values I grew up on, aligns itself with the cruel and aligns itself with cruelty. I remember the first time I had to understand cruelty. It was kindergarten, and a book was read to us about people who live in the airport, houseless people people talked about how they were evicted from their home, and they were living in the airport, and how their life was spent avoiding the police, who wanted to take them away for the crime of trying to live somewhere when they had nowhere else to go. I remember being very confused. Why are the policemen arresting poor people? Don't they have bad guys to fight with? I remember distinctly writing in the journal in which we were supposed to write our reactions to the books written in class about my confusion. Don't they know about Sedaka? I remember writing? Now, obviously I was five with a simplistic view of the world, and this story is not being said to talk about how good of a five-year-old I was. But I do want to live in a community that raises five-year-olds to be confused by cruelty, in which the idea that the poor and weak are enemies is unfathomable, and where the idea of charity is self-evident. Where hearing about people getting upset about poor people in their midst isn't normal, it isn't even engaging. It's confusing. Have these people never heard of tzedakah? So I'm not even going to talk at length about political developments over the past five years and how much of our values our community seems to be willing to throw out for political patronage and largely symbolic gestures. I feel abandoned by our adoption of the values of the American upper class, with its focus on wealth and conspicuous consumption, its belief that the wealth is mine and mine alone, that morality comes second to economics, that has disturbed me and cannot be divorced from the political developments. We have become successful and wealthy in America, but have lost sight of our obligations beyond accumulation of wealth to each other, to the poor, and to society. By far, the most and most vicious criticism I've ever received is when I got into an online argument with people living in an upscale neighborhood who were against the housing of homeless people in a hotel during the COVID-19 pandemic. I weighed in on the rabbi's Facebook page, admittedly with maybe less tact than ideal. I wasn't an angel here saying that homeless people are human beings, not garbage, and it did not seem to me that people were approaching this with due respect to the tzel and of each person. People who are suffering are not aesthetic problems, who can be wheeled off-screen so you don't have to see them. People were not happy with me. And I've criticized some sacred cows in my time. I have some views on Israel that are slightly left to, of the norm. But this reaction was something else. This was the angriest anyone's ever been at me. The rabbi said, I don't know who you are. How dare you criticize me, despite I'm pretty sure knowing who I am, because we had talked previously, but who who cares? A prominent community leader literally used four-letter words at me. I was accused of being in favor of children having, having to watch adults masturbate in the street, which I am, for the record, not in favor of. A colleague was told to tell me that if I didn't stop, they'd get me fired from my job. The nameless, faceless people who spoke to this colleague. What stuck with me was, you don't understand. This is going to bring down property values, and if that happens, people won't be able to send their kids to yeshiva day school. That's pretty disturbing. In other words, we need to be cruel to homeless people, because if we don't, we'll not be earning enough money to send our children to a yeshiva day school to learn all about Judaism and the values it preaches, including, one assumes, tzedakah. The entire structure of the modern Orthodox community apparently depends on wealth accumulation, with all the moral sacrifices entailed in that. The entire system depends on people squeezing every last cent of whatever income they can get. The entire system is dependent on the wealthy supporting it. The entire system is fundamentally unavailable to those without the income of the American upper class, a class that has a real spotty moral record. That seems bad. That seems pretty bad. And before I get blasted for this, this is not a tuition criticism. I'm not having that conversation right now. Tuition pays my salary so I can, you know, eat. Teachers deserve to get paid for their labor. That costs money. But the situation we've put ourselves in, for a whole variety of factors, has a moral cost. And over time, when your entire system becomes dependent on accumulation of wealth, you start absorbing the values of those who accumulate wealth. Which is something Judaism seems not real keen on. Now, I did once have a principal who literally said in an interview that a belief in the free market is an ikarimuna. So this might come as a surprise, but there are repeated warnings in Sefer Devarim about how prosperity is a trap that makes you forget your values, and that seems to be a main theme of Navi, not just Navi Machronim but Shoftim and Malachim. I mean. If you look at the traditional ways of assessing the success of kings, Omri and Achav are very successful. Militarily, economically, prestige-wise. But Malachim calls them the worst kings. Why? Idol worship and corruption. Their wealth was no inoculation against losing their values. Even Shlomo Melach, who builds the Beit HaMikdash, who is almost ludicrous Ludicrously financially successful, who has the kingdom of Bnei Israel at its height, has the majority of the kingdom stripped from his family for things that go along with the accumulation of wealth, power, and prestige, and the kingdom rebels over high taxes that were used to finance the lavishness of his monarchy. Everywhere you look in Judaism, halacha, folklore, midrash, there is criticism of single-minded accumulation of wealth, of not giving back to the community, of hardening your heart and shielding your eyes from someone suffering. But we've absorbed the American values of getting mine, and now we sort of ignore that stuff, or pat ourselves on the back for philanthropy, or accompany that stuff with some talk about personal responsibility. This is why I don't want a modern orthodox version of the little midrash says. Which is full of all these ideas of prosperity is a trap that interferes that gets in the way of your values, of not looking away from the poor. If the modern Orthodox community published an equivalent of the little meter says, I don't think it would talk about those things. I think it would talk about personal responsibility. There certainly would be a lot about the land of Israel there. But all that stuff about taking care of the poor at the at best it would be lip service the community has lost sight of the values i was under the impression we all believed in again that seems bad second of all we have an ever narrowing vision of what a religious person can be partially as a result of these absorption of american values there's an there's this what i talked about this ever narrowing idea of what a religious dedicated jew looks like poor can't exist in the community. Have a profession that doesn't pay enough to uh, comfortably afford yeshiva day school? Can't exist in the community. Without even meaning to, we're creating a Judaism in which only one type of person can exist. It's good to have financially successful people, sure, and those ideas and values are worth having in the conversation. Where are the writers? Where are the artists? Where is a working class? When we limit Judaism to one kind of person, either financially or ideologically, then Judaism is going to evolve to be only for one kind of person. What happens to a community when it's never known an actual poor person? What happens when no one involved in communal decision-making has to reckon with a working-class person's perspective on the costs? And this is all just financial. The same processes happen to religion and ideology. What happens when an entire community only votes one way and values the same things? What happens with uh, when, as a result, a political alliance with evangelical Christians leads to an erosion of boundaries between our ideas and theirs? What happens when we use financial pressure to keep people ideologically in line? What happens when anyone offering a perspective outside the norm is declared a pariah before this, a discussion is even had? Now, I want to be clear here. I'm not saying that... Being on the right is evil, but I am saying that is the majority of the community that I find myself in most of the time. And it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be uniform. We're slowly creating systems designed to produce uniformity. One kind of person who we think of as having the right to call themselves a dedicated Jew. Again, that seems bad. I've also undergone changes on my own through experience and reading. I have become much more suspicious of power and those who wield it and those who place themselves beyond accountability. I've seen what happens when people operate without accountability. It's one word, abuse. Abuse of all kinds. And when I look around these days, at the news, at the world, I see less and less accountability. Politicians making decisions without regard for their constituents or the law, relying instead on vilification of the other guy for re-election. Those with financial power putting their thumbs on the scale of the law so they can act and accumulate profit with impunity as others starve in the streets. That sentence didn't really make sense, but we'll leave it in. Those with the power to exert force on the public, refusing to yield to any possibility of oversight and accountability for that power. Power, the ability to exert your will on others, the ability to get what you want without opposition or accountability, seems to be something that no one should have. And then you ask yourself, why do specific people have power? What structures enables them to wield it? How can we rebuild those structures in ways that reduce the danger of power? And that's made me more alert to structures that enable power, power rife with the possibility, almost inevitability of abuse. And unfortunately, I see a lot of that in the Jewish world. But I also see opportunities. As communities get narrower and narrower, there are more misfits floating out there looking for somewhere to land. All of us misfits think we're the only ones floating out there, but we're not. There's more and more of us, all trying to land somewhere, but we're not seeing anything out there for us. I like the arrogance to say I hope I can build a space to land for everyone. What I will do is try and offer my own vision of what Judaism is meant to do and accomplish, hopefully giving people a blueprint or even the inspiration to find their own vision. If you find it helpful, excellent. If you don't, don't worry. I'm going to do something I usually hate doing. I'm going to say Judaism says a lot. When I say that, you should mentally add to Akiva Weisinger. I am not claiming to speak on behalf of the totality of Jewish tradition, which is multivalent and diverse. That would probably be impossible. All I offer is my understanding and the ideas and sources I built them from. Accordingly, this is not an academic or scholarly work. I mean, I'd like to think the things I'm saying are borne out in the sources and are generally true, but I'm just going to allow myself to talk without footnotes and quote sources as they come to me. If I'm grievously wrong on any issue, feel free to let me know. It is quite possible. What I'm trying to say is, don't take this as a definitive, authoritative statement of Judaism. This is just what I hear when I try to listen and put my ear to the door. When Hashem throws truth to the ground when creating humanity, the angels say, Why do you despise your angel of truth? Let truth rise out of the earth, as it is said, truth springs out of the earth. The Midrash does not record Hashem's response to the angels we're left wondering what Hashem's response to this challenge was. Perhaps that is the point. Truth is not given to us. It is cast down into the ground, buried under earth, as falsehood accumulates on top of it like dirt blown over ruins, until they can be seen no more, as structures are built on top of those falsehoods, growing ever taller, ever more complex, adding supports and buttresses and columns, all to keep that structure standing in place truth is cast down to the ground. You must exert effort and toil. By the sweat of your brow shall you dig into the ground, down to the foundations, past all the accumulated layers of falsehood, digging down, down, down until you find the truth, ready to spring from the earth. Welcome to Judaism from the ground up.